This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to the CMO Spotlight on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again are Catherine Hayes and Jenny Rooney. Hey, folks, it's Catherine Hayes. Welcome back. Hi, and it's Jenny Rooney. Thanks for being here. So we'd like to continue with our wonderful CMO Spotlight show. This week, we are really delving into some of the most creative and interesting chief marketing officers who are taking the reins and making big changes. And next up, we'd like to welcome Emily Fink. She's the chief marketing officer for Liberty Mutual Insurance. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hi, Emily. Thanks for being Hi. with us. So maybe you can start. You've been with uh, Liberty Mutual for a while, but just recently taken over the chief marketing role, right? Yeah, that's right. I started about six years ago. I came from Colgate Palmolive, which is the last company I worked at. And in uh, the six years I've been there, this is actually my fifth job. I started out working as a You can't keep a job, manager. huh? So they keep, <laughs> yeah, let, exactly. uh, shove her over this <laughs> exactly. way. And which, which roles did you have? How did it, how did it grow for you? I started out working uh, as the director of social media, and then I moved to a digital marketing role. Um, then I moved into uh, doing some email and, and direct marketing, uh, then doing some direct mail. And I really just moved moved around the whole department. I had done brand marketing previously. I worked at Pfizer and Pharmaceuticals and then uh, Colgate-Palmolive, always doing more traditional brand management, um, doing television and uh, new product launches, that kind of thing. So getting a little bit more experience on the direct marketing side was was helpful for my role. Yeah, that as about my marketing skill set. Absolutely, Emily. That's one of the things I found really interesting about you was just that combination and how you you. It seems like you've you've sort of spent time in all the different areas of of necessity right now to be a successful marketing leader. Talk a little bit about for those who don't know, just briefly tell us about Liberty Mutual. I mean, obviously, the insurance category is such a uh, such a competitive one, and sort of where does Liberty Mutual sort of sit in that in that competitive space? Yeah, it's a highly competitive space. Um, the insurance industry actually spends about $7 billion on TV every year, and Liberty Mutual is one of the top five carriers. We are a Fortune 100 company. Um, we've been around for over 100 years, and we're one of the few companies that uh, has a really varied breadth of products, so we don't just do auto and home. We're also uh, doing commercial insurance. And then even in the personal insurance, meaning what we're selling direct to consumers, we have everything from uh, landlord insurance, uh, umbrella insurance, motorcycle insurance, and then kind of a lot of new kind of cutting-edge products, even tuition insurance is one of the newest ones that we just launched. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a dynamic business for sure. Talk a little bit about, so what, therefore, what is your charge as CMO? I mean, especially how are you bringing to bear all those previous experiences in the company into your CMO role now? What would you say is sort of your mandate and, and what you're hoping to achieve um, for the brand and for the business? Yeah, I see. So the insurance category is really evolving. Um, you know, in the last hundred years or so, most of the business was actually done through agents. And in the maybe last 10 years, the direct space has really taken off. So many, many more people are starting to shop now online and through call centers. Mm -hmm. And in an environment where people are shopping through agents, brand is less important. It's a lot more about how do the agents build relationships in their local communities, whether it's with car dealerships or realtor associations or local businesses. But in an environment where most of the consumers now are actually doing their first shopping, either calling a call center or going online, 
brand really becomes the main growth driver of the company. Mm. So when I think about my role, it's all about how do I drive growth? And the, the real focus for me is on driving unaided awareness. So that means if you ask someone, name an insurance company, we want them to name us top of mind because generally people will shop three or four carriers when they're shopping and it's going to be the first few that come to mind. So, so it's really got to be in that consideration set. Enter TV. I mean, there's just still yeah. no medium where that, where you're going to get that kind of impact. I mean, we can we can talk all we want about all the various ways of interacting and creating brand engagement. But at the end of the day, for a company like yours, and for specifically in the insurance category, TV still is able to deliver something that, that all those other media uh, platforms cannot. And, Talk and a little brand. Bit about that. Yeah. And brand. I love the unaided part, which means, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time for, you just have to be memorable, totally. right? You have to be really memorable. And it's interesting, like 10 years ago, the category was spending like three and a half billion dollars. And now we're at about oh seven billion dollars. So there's still just a ton of investment in TV. Like, I mean, we're Oof. everybody in the category is spending like across tactics because you also want to capture shoppers when they're shopping. But just in terms of building awareness, it's a really unparalleled category in terms of spend, particularly on TV. Well, tell us about the new campaign. We'd love to hear about it. It's It's a big shift for you. It is a big shift for us. So, I mean, we really started with the consumer. We went to cust- we went to consumers and we said, we were looking for the Venn diagram intersection between what is it that consumers want, what is it that feels unique, and what is it that we as a company are well positioned to offer. And so we went to consumers and they said, generally speaking, insurance is kind of a black box. We don't really understand it. It's mm-hmm. visible. It's complicated. And we feel like Either we have too much coverage and we're overpaying and we just don't know what's in there, Mm. or we don't have enough coverage and there are a lot of loopholes in the policy. Mm -hmm. So that's where the whole idea of our brand positioning is around providing customized coverage so you only pay for what you need. And that's kind of the core of the the new campaign. So talk a little bit about, you know, walk us through specifically, you know, what had been the previous iteration or the previous campaign and kind of where, where, what, for those who haven't seen it, but I'm sure a lot of people have seen it by now. What is the latest campaign? What does it look like, and 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 what does it feature? So the campaign that we had previously was we called it Truth Tellers. It was the one where people were talking about insurance in front of the Statue of Liberty, and we are going to keep that on air. But the new campaign oh, okay. that we launched has uh, Limu and, and Doug, our new spokes character. Oh, the emu. The emu. Yeah, the emu, emu is takes center stage. Yes. Yeah. So. The thing is, when, when you're marketing insurance, because the product is invisible, and this is very different than CPG, um, consumer packaged goods, where, where I started my career, in packaged goods, like there's a can of soup or a box of cereal or a tube of lipstick, like there's something to show. In insurance, the product is invisible. And that's the value of having spokes characters. It's a way to really bring an invisible company and an invisible product to life. Because when we evaluate ads, we're looking at Nielsen brand memorability, which is a function of ad recall, do people remember the ad, times brand linkage, do they know who it's from? Mm -hmm. And in invisible categories where there's nothing to show, it's really hard to drive linkage. And that's why we put Limu and Doug in there to help people connect the ads visually back to the company. So they're intended to be a physical manifestation of the brand. So tell us a little bit about the message that you want the ads to get across. You know, there's humor, there's what's sort of the the underlying takeaway. How is this different than what you've tried to have be the takeaway of your previous iterations? I think we're we're really, in the past, we had focused a lot on coverage and telling people that, that we really had superior coverage, superior insurance, really comprehensive product benefits. 
Um, but what we were seeing was people are looking for both coverage and having a very good, compelling, affordable price and, and value proposition. And as we evolved our message, knowing that we're doing uh, more and more business through direct channels and knowing that the category is becoming increasingly commodified and people are increasingly concerned with price, mm -hmm. we wanted to combine both a message about quality coverage that's right for you and having affordable prices. And that's where that customized coverage so you only pay for what you need comes in. Sure. The role yeah. of Limu and Doug are they're a buddy cop duo, and they show up on the scene when someone's about to make an insurance mistake and buy off-the-shelf one-size-fits-all insurance and tell them it's a crime to overpay for insurance. You should only pay for what you need with customized coverage from us. <laughs> it really is very funny. So, so Catherine, I know we talked earlier, you had a question about sort of how do you take what's, you know, what exists and lives on TV and sort of port it to the other platform? How does it play out? Yeah, like, especially it, um, it, with TV being so big and then the spend, um, and you worked with, I think it was Godby, right, uh, in terms of the development of it. But I also understand that you have an in-house agency who works on more of the social media assets. So how do you how do you make those integrate it all integrate, yeah, and just... how do you how do those teams come together? There's obviously more and more companies having their own in-house agencies. So those insights would be really helpful for us to understand. Yeah. So in the case of uh, Limu and Doug, Goodby Silverstein developed the concept, and they developed the broad reach media, so the television, the radio, and the online video. And they partner very closely with our internal agency, which is called the Copper Giants. And the Copper Giants brings the concept to life across uh, other digital mediums like display and landing pages, uh, social media um, content, and they'll manage our social media handles and pages. They bring it to life across things like direct mail and email, customer communications, events, that kind of thing. And I think in the last couple of years, we've really built out the Copper Giant. We call them the Copper Giants because that was an early nickname for the Statue of Liberty, was the Copper Giant. I, had, I was going to ask. I was like, where um, did that come from? Got it. But they, you know, we, we're based out of Boston and Back Bay, and so we have access to just a tremendous amount of creative talent here. And we can really take advantage of that by bringing them in-house. And we've actually insourced about 80% of our creative work over the last couple of years Wow! because of the tremendous talent that we have access to. And because we can percentage. be very efficient, we're doing the work in about half the time at about half the cost. Hmm. So we've been able to make the relationship work really well between Goodby, who are just fantastic creative partners. Like, I love working with them because they see so many things we don't see. Mm -hmm. They're wildly funny, incredibly strategic, and they just... I mean, who, who's going to come up with an email? Yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> but everybody like on our, on our teams really has their own unique role and their own unique value. And so especially when we're doing um, – like so interns is very complicated. The products are very complicated. And the insights in the category are, are pretty complicated too. So having people on, on site who really understand the insights, the product ins and outs, and then a lot of our KPIs, because we're a very, very data-driven company because we're an insurance company, having them on site to do some of the work that requires a little, a little bit um, that level uh, of depth of understanding is really it. helpful for us. So no offense with this question, Emily, but like, you know, you, you're, 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 you know, you said you're in Boston, you have access to just like some of the best creative talent out there. I mean... An insurance company? Like, how do you basically market, you know, an insurance company as a place from a talent to work acquisition. from a talent acquisition standpoint? Yeah. How do you how do you get them over that hurdle of thinking, no, there can't be any innovation or creativity in an insurance company? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things we have going for us. Number one is big companies have a lot of money. And when <laughs> you have a lot of money, 
you can do a lot of really cool things. So I remember when my I, going back to my first role here, I was telling you that I headed our social media group. And because we spent a lot of money on platforms like Facebook and Twitter, ah, we were able to work with them right. to actually develop custom ad partners, the alpha and beta partners. Yeah. yeah. And like Google will have us down for a brand lab and we'll just get access to really good opportunities nice. and get to work with our partners in, in creative ways. So we can try a lot of things. We have pretty big testing budget, so we can try all kinds of things. And then um, another another component is there's just a lot of creativity in the category. Mm-hmm. And if you look across the True. competitive set, while the products might be invisible and, and complicated, the ads aren't. The ads are incredibly creative. And being able to work with fun spokes characters and think about, you know, how do you actually do a shoot with an emu? Yeah. Like five emus <laughs> on the shoot. Emu. How do you bring an emu to life in display? How do you bring an emu to life at events? Like there's just a ton of opportunity. It's fun. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And we have fun. And we're also very focused on training. So one of the things we've said is we've insourced a lot of work is that, you know, you don't want to be too insular. You want to be very externally right. focused. And so we've built out, my, my goal is to make us the most highly skilled marketing organization in the world. That's great. So wow. we really want to be a talent mecca and a training mecca of choice. So we have very, very comprehensive uh, training programs for people to make sure they have real depth of subject matter expertise across every tactic and also taking a step back just from a strategic perspective that they can put everything together well too. One of the other things that um, I read that you've done uh, in a big way while you're there is deploying a CRM platform. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how important that kind of operationalization of personalization is? (laughs) I can't believe I got that out. That was nice. That's That's funny. (laughs) I mean, in, in insurance, especially when our positioning is the fact that we customize coverage for everyone so they're getting exactly what they need and not paying for anything mm. that they don't, it's incredibly important for us uh. to have a really holistic view of the prospect and the customer and to make sure that we have access to all of the best data and that we've operationalized it in a way to be able to customize whether it's on the acquisition side or on the customer side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just to make it very simple, like imagine you're talking to a younger person who's just starting out, they might be a renter, they might have, you know, one car, they're going to have very different insurance needs than someone who's uh, a little bit older, more established, they might have one or two homes, they might have two or or three cars with a team driver, they might have someone in college and need tuition insurance, they might have a pet or two pets, like, they might need umbrella insurance, they could be a landlord, their needs are very different. And so for us, being able to have a very different message and a very different experience as, as a prospect and as a customer for people who look so wildly different is really important for us to be able to pay off the brand value proposition of being customized. Really coming through on the brand promise with exactly with with the, what the product is and what the offering is and how they're interacting with it. And was that a big effort in terms of, you know, we always like to find out who you're working with uh, across other parts of your organization. What other parts of the company did you have to work with? And was this CRM within your purview as a chief marketing officer? Um, it, that was actually a project that I worked on a couple of roles ago when I was working in the digital marketing space, that it was just becoming clear to me, I think between my digital marketing role and uh, my email marketing role where a lot of the work was customer work, it was just becoming clear that we weren't going to be able to operationalize the data in the way that we needed to to actually deliver things that seemed personalized and relevant from a messaging and a timing perspective. 
So it really, at the time, was, was really not within the purview of my role, but it was something that was clearly necessary for me to do my role well. So you broke so, out, and then you got a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yes. <laughs> no, it's a good lesson, Carla, right? I mean, yeah. you said, look, this. I know that's not exactly within the box that I'm supposed to be in, but I know what I'm trying to achieve, what I'm, you know, what this company needs. And, and you went after it, and, and look what happened. Pretty wonderful. Well, we're and so now ha- we'll never look at emus again the same way again. So it's a great campaign. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations on it and, and so on much. all of your accolades as well. So, Emily, please, thanks, thanks for being with us, especially I know you have to run off to a, a meeting. So we want to thank you for making time to thanks, be with Emily. us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Emily Fink is the Chief Marketing Officer for Liberty Mutual Insurance. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.